You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Salem After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Salem After Show. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome into the Salem After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Season 1, Episode 10, The House of Pain, here on Salem like we're here every Monday. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro. Next to me is the wonderful Professor Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. And across the table from us is the amazing Jesse Owen and the unbelievable Anna Koppel. I can't believe you're still nice to me on this <laughs> I don't know why I am. <laughs> Hey, before we get started on the show, and we've got a lot to talk about today, one thing we do want to talk about, and I know we've covered it the past couple of weeks, but Maria's book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, How I Lost 40 Pounds and Kept It Off, and How You Can Too, is in stores right now on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. Uh, if you already have it, I know a lot of people do because it's number three, or it was number three on the New York Times bestseller list, so if you've already got it, review it. It's getting good reviews from what I understand, oh, so yeah, if you like it, review it, do that sort of good stuff, and if you support after Buzz, this is one of those things to uh, to support. So that is in stores right now. That Every Girl's Guide dynasty is is growing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure there are more to come. I uh, undoubtedly there are more to come. Maybe there's an Every Girl's Guide on witches. Maybe. Hopefully, I would like to see what Maria had to say about witches. Actually, that would be interesting. <laughs> that book is really good, though. I just started reading it, and it, I mean, I can relate to it like every page. I, I can see these these types of books like expanding to the you know dummies guides you know how mm-hmm. everyone has that for everything yeah well there True you go that. Yeah. royalties coming right. <laughs> let's see if you get a cut of that action you let me know absolutely absolutely <laughs> okay sp- speaking of action let's talk action today because the house of pain is. Uh, Painful. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, when I first saw the title of the episode, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be quite that literal of a house of pain. It's literally a torture chamber from a man who we already know is sick and twisted, and he goes over the top on Titaba. Jesse, you had your uh, face covered in your hands for like 30 minutes of the episode. Today. Yeah, I, I mean, I could hear the sounds, and that was enough for me. I just, <laughs> uh-uh. I don't like knives, like... I'm scared. You're scared of spiders. I'm scared of knives. Weird, huh? No, that's understandable. <laughs> I mean, it was it was very gruesome. But even from the first scene of the episode, and we'll get to that, but just set the tone for what we were about to see throughout the rest of the episode. Let's let's talk about the first scene then, though, because I want to hit Titiba's torture, and that includes increase. But let's get to increase very first off. The first scene we seen, he has that belt of sorts around his abdomen and he's tightening it and he's tightening it and he's Ugh. he's punishing himself. Yeah, it's the self-flagellation. I've I've seen in other movies I can't think of any off the top of you my head where like no, I'm not I'm sure think- it was that. It was where a priest, um, a priest was like beaten. Da Vinci Code was that it? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that movie though. I've seen so it, but that weird. was Da Vinci Code. Okay, well maybe I've seen it and I just don't remember. Or maybe it was on TV. I don't know. Like Boardwalk Empire. Regardless, I've seen a lot of um, things with 
you know, priests torturing themselves to make them better Christians, make them more holy. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about his guilt because at some level there's guilt there on his end. Um, what is he guilty about? What does he personally have to be guilty about? Do we know yet? Because he's probably horny, and that's what he's guilty about. <laughs> that may be true, actually. <laughs> I mean, he just got done remodeling the whorehouse. He probably saw a bunch of impure things. <laughs> well, I think it's also, you know, uh, inflicting that much pain upon yourself because when you do torture even yourself, the truth is bound to come out. So I think that was his way of being truthful, believing that he's doing the right things for the right reasons, and that's his sick and twisted way of just showing that. And if he can do it to himself... He can, he can do, do it to it somebody to else. People. So yeah. once he does it to himself with that device, when he goes to Titaba and whoever else he would have tortured or wants to torture, it's not as bad. Because he's removed it a little bit because, hey, he went through it. I went through it and I'm okay, so you can go through what I put you through. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Which is sick and twisted, but it's justification in his mind. Exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Titaba's torture was a little bit worse than his. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah, you'll never torture yourself the same way you'll probably torture somebody. I've never tortured anybody, so I don't know. We saw that with Cotton, too. He can't torture himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, he can't. Yeah, let's, we'll hold off on Cotton, but let's talk about Titaba. Um, so Increase Rehabs the Whorehouse and calls it the House of Pain. What was the Latin? I didn't get the Latin written down that was on the sign. Do you guys remember that? There were two I, I, Latin I words. It. it was VD, and I can't remember, no pun intended with the Whorehouse, but it was two <laughs> words VD, and I can't remember what they were. I know he said it. I don't have it written down, but it meant truth through pain. Oh, perfect. Okay, truth through pain. So that's exactly what it was because he took Titaba in there to interrogate her and then said, you're going to spill what you know. And eventually she spilled something. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the truth, but he gets what he thinks he gets. Uh, let's talk about the torture for a little bit. Anna, I know you. What? Go ahead. No, I know you You had some different things to say about the torture piece. I thought it was all awful, but some of the devices like weren't. Up to snuff? Yeah. Well, one of them they called uh, the pair of anguish or the choke pair. Yeah. Uh, you know, ladies, we all know that that's, at, you know, for any annual that you go to, I mean, that's the uh, the torture device that they use for a pap smear. And it's mm-hmm. offensive to me that they said that this was a torture device. Or it's offensive to me that they still use it today. I don't know. But, <laughs> but one of them offends me. But, I mean, let's be honest. Pap smears don't feel good. So, I mean, to do it even more as much as you could do it, that, that's that got to be a little painful. I mean, The pair of anguish was little. actually a medieval use, like back in medieval Europe. There we go. Right. Professor like, Stephen Lemieux right. comes Fair out of the town. <laughs> so that's where it came from, and now it's a medical term. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, the other thing I had to say about it is I was surprised that there wasn't more, and I know, Jesse, that you're, you were really sensitive to it, but I was surprised it wasn't more gruesome compared to, you know, when just, like, George, like, pulling the frog out of his stomach, I, I felt was extremely gruesome, and that was uh, just, like, sort of simple surgery. I don't know. I, I just thought that it would be a lot more gruesome compared to what the rest of the season has shown us. I thought the flashbacks were more gruesome than the actual filming, like present time you know when it showed the flashbacks the cutting and all that that was really hard to watch yeah and and i agree but that lasted what like 10 seconds 15 seconds right but that was enough to because the audience didn't see that up front so you know it's filling in the gaps and letting us really expand upon our own imaginations like oh she went that was what really happened and that's what makes it more torturous yeah, I'm just. We didn't have. We didn't have. A, we don't have a lot to imagine this whole season. I'm surprised that they 
chose this when they just had like all kinds of things to work with, all kinds of play toys to be gruesome with. That this was the scene or the episode that they chose to not be gruesome. And not only that, but they took so much time to describe those gruesome toys. He described a ton of them. He gave them names. He did whatever. And then we didn't see the skull crusher and the thing that would have gouged out her eyes. And I know he didn't gouge out her eyes anyway, so it's not like we missed the action. But we didn't see a lot of these things actually being used. And she just came away with cuts and stuff, you know, 20 minutes later. Right. And we're supposed to believe she went through it, and I understand that, but it still didn't establish it could have been more. I'm actually kind of agree with you. All right, yeah. but are you happy that they didn't take it to that level? I, I mean, I don't have strong feelings about it. I am just, just an observation. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was going to say you probably wouldn't want it to that level. Oh, All man. right. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, now one thing that Increase says about torturing. There's one quote that I wrote down with him torturing when he's torturing Tituba and she's about to reveal what's going on. He says, and I quote something along the lines of, loyal servant of the prince of lies can lie no longer. And he hung on that word servant. So he has been suspecting Mary and we know he has, but he's got Tituba in his little lair of torture in his house of pain and he is expecting Tituba to eventually flip on Mary. She doesn't do it. So my question with the torture from all that we know in this episode is, Last week we discussed how Increase has not yet been wrong about who is a witch and who is not a witch. Today, he is wrong. So did he arrest John Alden wrongly because he believed Tituba and she's lying and he didn't catch her? Or does he have a secondary motive for Alden too? I think it was secondary. Because he respects Alden. Yeah, but I think deep down he knows that Mary is a witch. But he's just using his evil ways to, like, manipulate other people just to get to Mary, to prove, not just go straight to Mary and be, hey, you're a witch, and jump to a conclusion, but going through all the people that Mary knows and then getting the information from them bit by bit, be like, okay, they're confirming all of my, you know, questions about Mary. Now I have enough motive and enough reasoning behind my actions to go after Mary. So I think this is just his way of, you know, they're pretty much, like, uh, sheep for slaughter or lamb for slaughter, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you call it. Yeah. But um, but it's just picking one by one to finally get to Mary. Well, I think we also discussed that we that he's taking away Mary's uh, inner circle too, so she's left with nobody. And mm-hmm. uh, and if it shows up that George, you know, still is spelled, then it's clearly Mary. Did you guys see in the, um, you know, it shows what's going to happen next episode. Did you see George Sibley, like, just sitting normally, just chilling, like, awake? I thought I saw that in the previews, so... Oh, I'm sure he'll be back. I don't know when. But in the next three episodes, I think he'll definitely have to play a role. Yeah, he's one of the only people that really knows Mary's doings. So, and now he's actually able to speak. So, yeah, he's going to play a pivotal part in the downfall of Mary. What about Tituba? We learn about Tituba's story. Now, the interesting thing in history, and we've talked about this, I believe, on the show, that the real Tituba in history was accused of being a witch because she was a slave. She was low in that community, and somebody accused her easily. I think it was Mary Wolcott. Somebody accused her easily. And then she, real Tituba in history, flipped on everybody and said, she's a witch, she's a witch, he's a witch, and kept confessing. And that's how she kept living, because they wanted to drag more confessions out of her so they didn't kill her. And so it's an interesting thing that Increase is now doing the same thing to her, even though he's torturing her. He wants to drag out of Tituba confessions. And this is one point where we know that Salem the show deviates greatly 
from Salem, the historical place in Massachusetts, but it does come back and touch base with history. And this is one of those baby touch bases yeah, with history. Nuances. Yeah, this is one of those very small things where Titaba was you know, accused of being a witch, and then she flipped on everybody. Now, she's only flipped on one person so far, although he did say that she's accused half the town. He just mm-hmm. didn't believe it. Um, but even so, it's an interesting insight into kind of the actual history of this, because real Titaba did this and survived because she flipped on so many people. For what now, it's worth. Yeah, because Tituba did this one in this episode, do we think she's going to be doing it more often I think to save I, her hide? I think he has a mole now. Why would you give up your mole, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know. I kind of think there's about to be conflict between Tituba and Mary because Mary obviously knows Tituba did what she did to hurt her. Because I think what Increase was saying to Tituba really hit home, like, would Mary do that for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, and that's a classic interrogation technique. Not that I know about torturing people and interrogating them, but that's a classic technique is when you get somebody alone, you divide them off the group. And mm-hmm. that's him dividing her off the group because he's cunning and shrewd and does all this stuff. And that's him showing her that, hey, maybe they don't, maybe what they say about you is not entirely true, or maybe about what they feel about you is not as good as you probably think it is. I need you on my side. And if he can flip her now, which it looks like he did. If we take it at face value, even though she told a lie about who the witch was, it looks like he defeated her to a certain level. And if he can keep defeating her, he'll get maybe a lot more information out of her. Or, alternatively, and you guys tell me which one if I'm wrong, maybe she wasn't phased at all, she was acting the entire time, and she gave up John Alden because she knew she had to keep lying to keep Increase off the trail. Except that she had that little smile on her face at the end of it, so she seemed quite she pleased did. with herself. W- she meaning, she's lying, meaning she knows she's lying to Increase and she's playing him back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and getting some sort of vengeance or stab in the heart to Mary. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was definitely because she has been wronged and she's maybe probably a little bit jaded now because she's been betrayed by her friend, she's been betrayed by Mary, and now she's turning on the other people who did her wrong. So, yeah, if it was just a little jab at Mary, I mean, it was more than a jab, but to get, because Tituba knows how important John is to Mary, and then to take out John in that whole equation is just a way to get to Mary. If it takes John out, too, it also will help with the grand right, because she's been saying, you have to put John out of your mind because you have to go through with this. So it also might be strategic in that way. It might be a double two birds. Two birds, one stone. Yeah, whatever. A double two birds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and an interesting thing about it, too, is not only will John being gone theoretically help the grand right, but from Titaba's perspective, Mercy being gone would greatly help what's going on because Mercy has been a usurper this entire time for Titaba. And Increase says to Mary, when Increase comes back to Mary and drops the John Alden bomb on her, he also tells her that uh, uh, Increase is going to have Mercy and her girls by the time the sun comes up. So whatever Titaba said to her or Titaba did whatever or Titaba said to him and did whatever, Increase is going to get them too, theoretically, and everybody who has wronged Titaba or been kind of in her way is theoretically taken care of. But I think if Tituba is trying to protect Mary, I don't think that's very... I mean, I understand why she turned Mercy in, but if you think about it, Mercy's kind of weak and she's so young that she would tell on Mary. She would tell Increase about the whole thing, so then everyone would be screwed. So I just think, I don't know, I think she needs to be careful with that. So you're saying that if Mer- if Mercy comes in, Increase would get Mercy to tell everything, and so it's in Tituba's best interest not to have Mercy come in. Right. That's interesting. Because Mercy's weak. 
But she's crazy. She she's very uncontrollable. <laughs> Honestly, I think Mercy will kill Increase before she like gets to her. <laughs> she might. That would be some. That escalated quickly. <laughs> um, she's a rogue character. Yes, she is. Uh, really, just uh, more about Tituba's history. We we learned that Mr. Hale, Magistrate Hale, brought her into Salem, and so. To my knowledge, this is the first I've heard about Magistrate Hale that I can recall um, him being involved in the slave trade. Is that is this the first that we're hearing about that? I think so. I think we don't really know anything about what he does besides being a magistrate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so so that's interesting, and that's new. And he, uh, I don't think they took too many steps to make him look that much younger. And so I don't know if that's on purpose or uh, just in terms of his... Like witchiness, like maybe he doesn't age. Maybe he ages well. <laughs> maybe he just ages well. Maybe. Yeah. What is the aging process for these witches? That's I'm a little confused on that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the rule is because that the witches in the woods, the, <laughs> the witches in the woods, some of those women are looking horrible and old and different, and yet you have Mary and Tituba and Magistrate Hale and even Rose, who is an older woman but wasn't, you know, haggard and awful so i don't know they're drinking their herbs and stuff to make (laughs) them look young they're witch (laughs) potions that's the benefit of being a witch yeah but you know what's weird is i thought maybe when it showed the flashback of mr hale and tichiba as a child i thought it was i don't know i kind of got the vibe that maybe he knew there was something special about tichiba and that's why he brought her and then how tichiba ended up in mary's house like it's almost like mr hale could like foresee all of this stuff happening like, and they, that's how you would build the new world, which is, like, maybe he planned it. That's a good point. And when he sells her to the man on the streets of Salem, I hate to say this, but in the slave trade, humans were commodities. They were just things, like, sell this one here, sell this one there, you know, see you later, whatever. Mm-hmm. When he sold her to that guy, he, like, waved and, like, followed around with her. Like, how many people wave to a slave you just sold, you know? So maybe there is something to that, that he knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew exactly who she was. Yeah. Yeah, and it also adds to Tituba's, you know, her layers as a character because it shows just how close she has been with Magistrate the, the whole time. And so that's probably where her loyalty lies. Maybe it's not to Mary. Maybe it is to the Magistrate because he's been there since the beginning and probably looked upon him as a mentor to, towards her um, during the her whole grown-up process. But he didn't sell her right into Mary's home where they were very kind to her and Mary befriended her. He sold her hand-to-hand, man-to-man. And I suspect that was because to sort of add to her plight so that when the devil came to, like, make this proposal that she would, yeah, like that they seem to have this common um, being sort of tortured on Earth so that they uh, they ask for, for this... Um, what am I looking for? They invoke the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I assume that that's why he went in this direction. But I, I feel like he could have gone in this other direction with uh, going right into Mary's home. Well, in, in Tituba does talk about her uh, Arawak tribe background. And when she talks about the slave trade happening to that tribe and stuff, one thing she did mention is about Satan or the, the, the two red eyes speaking to her or whatever. And, and, she tells Increase that she has not sold her soul to the devil. We know that that's wrong, but we mm-hmm. don't know when she did it. It could have been there or it could have been later, but whatever it was, she's always been surrounded by this presence in some way. If this happened when she was a little kid, 
Uh, so I don't know if it was then and she already was on the, the team or if it happened later. But to Magistrate Hales, uh, for, for his purpose, like, she is already going to have a terrible life. She's already in the slave trade. She's already going to belong to people. He didn't have to add to it, I feel. So I don't know why her loyalties would be with him. I assume that as a witch, it's this is this is a a finite life in an infinite witchcraft situation with the grand right, and she'll say, you know what, I'm a slave in this human life. It's a means to an end, and the end is the grand right. The end is witchcraft and stuff. And I'm just playing a character as a servant right now, and I'm not really, you know, a servant. Just a pawn. Yeah, but pawn in the whole game. But she hasn't experienced an afterlife yet, right? Not that we know of. Right, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it all works. <laughs> that is, I have a lot of questions about some of the logistics of witchcraft and some of the time and how long these people have been witches, and I would like to have that explained to me a little bit. But to, to go back to the creature that had the red eyes that was following her, that, that was just, you know, another thing that maybe she saw that as a guardian that was always watching over her, and then therefore that was another reason why she sold her soul to this to the darkness, you know, but it's because she was, oh, that was always behind her, and then that always backed her up in her moments of need. So are the, um, do you, because didn't, it said that you are mine, child, right? That's what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did it seem that she was comforted by that? Well, that's what Tichaba said, he said. Like, it didn't, I don't think it showed the devil saying that to her. Right, but did she seem, as she was retelling the story, Did I, I didn't get the impression that she was comforted by that in any way. No, I don't think so either. Like, it wasn't an, uh, an omniscient, well-meaning being looking over her. I don't think so either. And if, it's, and if the devil said, or, the, or that being said, you are mine, child, maybe she had been sold to the devil before she was born, before she had a say in it. I don't know. And it wasn't that, and so she wasn't lying when she said she's never sold her soul to the devil because she didn't sell it. And that brings me to my next point, question. Is this the same The same two red eyes that said to Anne, finally you've made your way home? And is it possible that Magistrate Hale... What was the name of the creature? Kaname? Uh, Kanaima. Kanaima. Well, yeah. Which looked like, like the exact same creature that was in the woods. Yeah. And Kree says that the devil speaks to us all in our native tongue. Yeah. It so- makes sense in Penny Dreadful. <laughs> our other after <laughs> show that... Bobby and I cover. <laughs> you know, it's really weird shameless that um, <laughs> the, yeah, the devil showed up to Anne in the woods, but then when Cotton was in the woods, I know I'm, I'm not jumping ahead, don't worry. Um, when Cotton was in the woods, um, he heard the demonic growling or whatever, and nothing happened to him. He just got really happy and sat in a tree. Cotton's, <laughs> cotton's, a, whole, cotton's a whole well, separate issue. Different. But, yeah. like, it was just weird that the devil didn't show up then, you know? Well, let's talk about Anne with her situation with the devil, and let's start with what brought her to the woods, is putting that mask on. Uh, did we really have to tell her that was a bad idea? Don't do I that. I mean, come on. That's, well, first of all, that's a scary-looking mask, and second of all, have you ever seen the mask movie? You don't put anything on, and that yeah, mask was come like, on. literally 17- a dead face. Why would you put that in the, in the 1790s, it? they saw the mask. They should have known. I mean, come on. <laughs> Why does Mr. Hell need that mask? Well, right. that's his portal. That's what it is. It's his portal to go into the woods to deal with maybe the Kanaima or to deal with other witches and stuff and not be found. And the problem is he knows how to get back without the mask because the mask then stays 
at home. But when you've never worked with the mask before, like you said, Anne had no idea how to get back. So she portaled in, but she couldn't portal out. And that was the problem. So it's just, it's just weird that you're like, oh, I'm going to put on a mask. And then you're like in the woods. But, and that John and then found her. Like, I would think that putting on a mask would take you to this whole nother world. But but not just the woods they a few were miles just like, out of town. Yeah, yeah. They were just like up the road. But she didn't put on the mask, you guys. It like it sucked up yeah. her face. It was like magnetic. Well, I, I say put on because it wasn't like it she wasn't was like, like this was close. against her will. It was right here. Yeah. Okay. She was but looking you can see into the, it. the peepholes of the eyes that it literally you could see the other landscape, the, yeah. the other place where it was going to take you. Yeah. Well, but it's you know when you like your friend has glasses and you have to like try them on. It's just, like the same thing. It's like your dad's mask. Like it is. It's left. the same exact <laughs> thing. Oh, and if your friend's yeah. really blind, those glasses will take you to a different world. Yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, All right. So she gets into the woods and keeps talking about this is a dream. This is a waking dream. You know, I don't know where I am or whatever. So. Hale, Magistrate Hale, of course, has to go to John because John is just the the hero for everybody in this Shirtless thing. Shirtless John. Shirtless John, which, by the way, where's that kid? Remember he had that little buddy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Steven. Yes. Yeah, where is he? He was inside. Hopefully, talking to girls or something because he never talked before. And now yeah. he's, you know, now he's coming. Now he's most popular. The Yeah. But Hale asking for John's help. Orator. Good, good word drop. Thank you. Great, great word. Uh, Hale asking for John's help. It kills me how, and and it's not. I don't know if it's bad writing or bad acting, or they're trying to be a little intentionally funny. But John's Shane West's reactions sometimes when people ask for help are so funny. Hale's coming to him and he's like, "We got to find Anne. This is really serious." And John's literally like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> like, that's literally what it is. Okay. Well, well, I think it's completely normal in great acting because okay, we have uh, most of you know as fans, we have uh one of our executive producers here, Phil. And constantly everybody's like, "Where's Phil? Where's Phil? Where's Phil?" for everything, right? Mm-hmm. Every person comes in and asks, "Where's Phil?" And it's usually stuff that it's trivial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And John This Cut- was not trivial. Okay, but he doesn't know that yet. So, and everybody in town comes to him. They're like, where's John Alden? Where's John? Where's John? And they you're, go to him, and he's saying, just like, oh, well, what? I need to yeah. get this done. I'm trying to do my own work. Can't you do anything for yourself? This is what happens when you're a giver. Don't be a giver to start, because then they'll just keep asking stuff of you. Always yep. be a taker, never a giver. Life lessons so with Bob. So true. But the thing is, John actually helps people, and he gets stuff done. So he gets results in the end that other people probably wouldn't. Yeah. You mean I'm like Phil? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Shots no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. That's okay. not what she meant at all. So, but they at do all. go to the woods, and Jesse, to your point, in the woods, it's not like a different dimension or a different world. It's like a few miles up the road, which is a little bizarre. But, okay, whatever. Well, I guess they had to make it easy for them to get her back. But that's the thing. I mean, how do they know where to go in the first place? Because this is what's interesting. Magistrate Hale knows the general vicinity of where this is, probably. We obviously know that. And then once they get there, John's like the bloodhound on the trail. So he brings John to say, oh, you found her. But we see in this scene, before we talk about the Indians, we see in this scene when when they find Anne, uh, John's really skeptical of Magistrate Hale all of a sudden because he knows they're flat out lying to him. And he doesn't know how. Why are there Indians just chilling in the woods? Like, well, that's I the mean, new world. The new world? It's the same world. They were just up the yeah, street. Yeah, no, no, no. But that's America, <laughs> the new world. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
yeah. I don't know. It's just like I, you would think John would be really worried going into the woods after all the stuff that just happened with all the Indians, you know. Well, he knows their language, so he he's did. Good. He's bilingual. So sexy. <laughs> so he does know their language, and he said to to Magistrate Hill, "Well, they used a word to describe her, and it can mean a lot of things." Um. But it just means crazy. Now, do you think that they said crazy? Because what um, he said, it means a walker between worlds. Do you, would you know anything about that? And I suspect, because um, most Native Americans revere um, ghosts and witch doctors as holy. So maybe they use the word witch if she was a walker between worlds. I don't know. And and John has suspicion, so he's not going to put all of his cards on the table, and he Did just went use, with crazy. Didn't they use the word savage? Maybe. That? Well, they, I thought they were, like, implying savages. Who was implying? The, 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 um, the, the Native American Indians that were, the, the Native people that were there. We're implying that Anne was savage. Yeah, savage. Oh, I don't know. Well, and be, therefore, and it had a connotation of being someone who was crazy. Well, that could be a lot of the same thing. Crazy because they said it kind of means almost holy. Yeah, holy. There were a lot of and things. That's why they won't mess with her. But yeah. it meant walker between worlds. Yeah. Does savages apply there? No, not for that. But it could mean a. It's very ambiguous. <laughs> it it, it is mean ambiguous. a lot of different things. And it's 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 designed to be ambiguous, so they have the freedom to do it. And it's designed to be ambiguous because maybe John is lying, or John is not telling the truth. You know, they could have told him something totally different. We don't know because we don't speak the language. And and how does Magistrate Hale know? So he doesn't. John wants to keep as many cards as he can in his deck, in his possession. Yeah. What was interesting to me is with this, we finally see Indians. We finally see a little bit of situation, but we don't learn anything about John's past. And I know it wasn't the right time, maybe, but it's interesting to see it and to see John speak the language. And all Magistrate Hale says to him, I think I wrote it down, is something about the lines of you were a mystery within a mystery, Captain. And that was it. And then they had to necessarily move on to find Anne. But I'm like, no, I want to go back to that mystery. Yeah. That's the mystery. We all do. Yeah, let's yeah. go to the mystery. I think there'll be another moment where we're going to actually touch upon that. Because now I we hope. know that Cotton, I mean, not Cotton, John has had interactions and he has history with those types of people. But what exactly happened? Because at this point, he seems pretty civil with them. But something serious happened in the past and we don't know what it is yet. And was it really these Indians? I don't, I don't want to get too far off on this, but yeah. the impression Maybe not that I got... these particular Indians, but the, the culture. He knows yeah, those yeah. those types of people. Because the impression I got was John was way away fighting whatever he was doing far away for years. He mm-hmm. wasn't like a few miles up the road where, like, Anne just dropped herself. It's like, he was, like, you know, down somewhere else across the country. Was, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Well, he has a bank account in New York. We know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was at least there. Which would have been, at that time, a very, very long trip. Right. So, yeah. Not a day trip by any yeah. means. No, yeah. That was all by foot. Yeah, yeah. You're, not taking the, you're not taking the tram. <laughs> Amtrak, come on. <laughs> Just calling out Anne's name as you go. <laughs> all right, so we've got Hale and John. Anything else of consequence there with the two of them? Maybe one interesting thing with Hale, to go backwards to a point, is his relationship with his wife. And what happened with his wife when Anne left and when they realized Anne left and he had to burn his mask? So I'll ask two questions. The first is, as Hale burns the mask, did he just lose the power to go through the portal? Or is there, like, can he create another mask? I don't know. I'm not sure about, like, creating another mask, but he definitely knows the vicinity of where the 
Coral can take him because he obviously can get there within a day. So I don't think that's like the biggest loss for him. And plus, he does know other people to probably help him get there faster if he needed it too. So I mean, that's like losing your car, but there are other ways to get to a certain place, your destination. And he just needs to like skin a face and spell it, right? It's not. Uh, I'm assuming. Are are you volunteering? I'm no. I'm sorry. Um, okay, second question, his wife. Because the way he talks to his wife about Anne, we used to think, and by we I mean me because it appears that I'm dead wrong about it, I used to think that his wife was innocent in this, had no idea what was going on. She knows way more than we thought. The way the two of them were talking, she knows way more about the importance of the mask, the importance of concealing evidence, what's going to happen to Anne out in the woods. And she's definitely on Anne's side and says, you better go get her or we're both going to we're going to taste each other's ashes, which is ridiculous. Mm. But she knows a lot more than we thought. So is she a witch? How does she come down in this? I don't think she's a witch. I I don't know. I could be wrong, though. She's like a preferred friend. She's like an inside friend to the witches. <laughs> she might be she, a consultant. <laughs> she knows the secrets. Kind of like Mercy was before she got converted. You know, she knew, but she shut up about it. But why would she, what's the incentive then to the wife? If that's the case, maybe, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but what's the incentive to the wife to do that then? Well, also, Anne is still her daughter. So it might have been just that that maternal instinct that, hey, you better go after her daughter because she's in a lot of trouble right now. But it's also what, again, off of what you're saying, what's her motive? She knows more, most things, but I don't think she actually practices the witchcraft, but she knows of it. She's knowledgeable. She may have found out after they had Anne. And so she won't say anything because they have this daughter together uh, to protect. So you're saying she may have caught Magistrate Hale practicing at some point. point And and so they have this agreement. But But she will do something to her if uh, something happens to Anne. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. And, and she says, essentially, Cliff Notes version, you have your thing, witchcraft. I have my thing, my daughter. You can do your thing, but my daughter has to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maternal instincts. Right, but I think she kind of put a whole damper on the whole relationship between her and her husband because, like, when you say those kind of words to someone, like, that sticks forever. Never, like, now <laughs> Anne's safe, she's back, but, hey, you still said what you said, and I'm you, not taking it back. You've never, you've <laughs> never dated a guy who told you you're going to burn at the stakes and taste each other's ashes? No, not yet. <laughs> miss that one. <laughs> Thankfully, miss that one. <laughs> you don't even know what you're missing, Jesse Owen. Okay. Uh, on a lighter note, along with that, let's talk cotton. Uh, oh, so <laughs> Poor good. cotton. cotton. So good. But the acting was awesome. Was but. he? So was he just drunk, or was he out there like eating mushrooms? <laughs> he was yeah, out what there. Does he like. He was definitely, definitely inebriated to the point I'm like, is he a hippie now? Because now he's sitting in a tree, peeing on John. Oh, and he's wearing shorts. Did you notice he was wearing shorts? Those were his his undergarments. Were they really? Is that an undergarment at that period in time? I don't know. Boxers of the 1600s. They were long, though. Long Johns. Yeah. Okay, maybe. (laughs) All right. I definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if he took his pants off. But he did. But to transition to shorts, okay. But it just just goes to show like how low Cotton Inn is in his life and how much increase has had an impact on him. To I mean, not to jump ahead, but just to him to reach that rock bottom. Yeah, it's sad. But when, also when you try to humorous. drown yourself, yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah, that is sad is an understatement. Yeah, and when you're trying to drown yourself and you can't even do that, and then calling yourself out is like, oh, I can't even kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's sad. No, that's, that's coming in. And, and it speaks to Cotton is at the lowest of the low. He's lost his girl. His dad has emasculated him. His dad is dominating his life. Everything's going wrong for Cotton. And yet the story as told to the viewer is not empathetic or sympathetic. It's funny. It's humorous. It's funny. Well, it turned around pretty quickly for him, though. I mean, there are tragic cases where, A, people try to kill themselves and succeed. B, people try to kill themselves and don't succeed. And most of the time, in those second category of people, their life doesn't turn around right away where they make some discovery about life and... I took my boots off, you know, yeah. and that's just enough to uh, make it. Um, I, I know that wasn't, but he, uh, things turned around for him really quickly, well, and so that is the, comical. Feel the earth. I mean, it was comical, but I think also in storytelling-wise, we had all this torture going on. So we had to have that one humorous, comic relief type of story to lighten the move, some levity in the episode, which I really didn't mind. I didn't mind it either, and... The metaphor of Cotton and John, as we talked about their friendship the past few episodes, and Cotton is the book smart guy and John is the street smart guy. And Cotton may know everything in theory because he's read about it, but he's never practiced it. And the taking the boots off idea, when he says, I took my boots off, blah, 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 and I felt the earth breathe, is that metaphor of Cotton growing. Because he's always been reading about nature and the earth and witches and everything else. Now he's actually outside. Oh, hey, you can touch the ground. This is amazing. Like, that's growth for him. And it's funny to us and it's funny to Magistrate Hale who's like, we don't have time for this and walks off. (laughs) But to him, it is growth. It's personal growth as funny as it is. The funniest part about it to me was that he took his boots off to fight the devil. (laughs) That he felt an evil presence, and he took his boot off, swung around, and then threw it. Amazing. Well, and maybe this is a point, I think, Jesse, you were the one who mentioned it, how you said it's interesting how the devil or this demon, whatever it is, went after Anne in the woods, but didn't go after Cotton. And obviously Anne got in the woods differently. But I think these demons aren't just willy-nilly going after people, and they're smart enough to know who's a threat and who's not. And at this point, Cotton is not a threat. Leave him alone. You, have, you you do not want to wake a sleeping dog. You don't want to mess with somebody who's not going to mess with you in the first place. But Anne is investigating, and she's a threat. Cotton's funny, and everybody leaves him alone. Because John and Magistrate Hale were like, see you later, dude. Go <laughs> home. I was kind of hoping that Cotton would have gone with them. I don't know. He probably would have gotten them killed. Oh, without a doubt. But, he Could you imagine mm-hmm. him with the Indians? But I really oh. wanted Cotton there like when, you know... Well, I won't give it away. Well, we already know when, you know, he gets accused. John Alden gets arrested at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish Cotton would have been there. So he could have fought for John like he fought for Gloriana. <laughs> Except he wasn't successful <laughs> he with Gloriana. Away. All right, before before we talk about that ending, before we talk about John getting arrested, let's talk about Mary a little bit. Didn't factor in quite as much in this episode as she has in the past, but nevertheless had something very serious. And we again see the fall of Mary Sibley. This has happened several weeks in a row where all of her power and all of her influence has just evaporated. And she's terrified of increase. And you look at her face in some of these scenes, and she just it's like she knows that around the next corner... I will be accused, and it will all be over. Well, yeah, because we see increase. He's slowly picking off everyone that's and getting closer and closer to Mary. And now it's at the point where it literally increases breathing down her neck. So, yeah, she is bound to be scared and fearful for her life. If I was in the same position, I'd be like, oh, holy crap, he's about to get me. 
It's let's, completely, um, completely believable. Let's talk spiders, Marissa. How about that scene where Mary confronts Mercy, which oh. should have been done. And Mercy, this is a funny thing, too, because you look at these relationships. Mercy has been so powerful and so maybe false bravado, so much false bravado from Mercy recently in the way she's acted. And yet Mary finds her crouching under a table. Very childlike. Very childlike. In, like, practically the fetal position. Yeah. Absolutely. So Big Bad Mercy does something that's actually big and bad, and now she's like, oh, I don't want to deal with the consequences. I regret that. (laughs) Because that also shows that Mary still has control over Mercy. She is still above her in that way. And Mercy, uh, it was one of those things that she didn't really think about the overall consequences of just doing something out of spite against Hittaba. So that came back to eat her. Yes. Well, let's talk about that spider because Titiba's familiar is the spider. (laughs) Let's talk about that spider. Do you remember that thing? Do you want to like do a little? Uh, No, I remember it. I remember it clearly. (laughs) Do we know what happens if her familiar dies? Because I know that was like a gift from the devil. That's what I was just going to ask. Feed it, keep it alive, and all that. So what what does happen? They're they're left to fend for themselves. Does she lose power? Her does Titiba lose her powers when the familiar dies because Mary crunched out the familiar? No, that's not. That wasn't her familiar. Are you sure? It was a spider. Mercy had that spider. I think there's more than one spider in Salem. No, I know that, but I took it I took it to mean because it was the spider in that home and they so purposefully took it and crushed it the way Mary was. I took that to mean that that was Titiba's familiar. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was something else, but I don't know why they would do just another spider. I thought it was literally the familiar. There's also still the spider in George's mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 the web. web. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, can you imagine Stuff. No, I don't <laughs> no. want to. No, but okay. I, I just yeah. I took it to mean spider side. I just took it to mean that that was Titiba's familiar. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't. But I thought I, I thought, thought there's no it reason it wouldn't so be. It happened so fast. I thought Mercy, com- I don't know, in some way transformed herself into a spider, and then Mary killed the spider. I'm like, oh no, I don't think that's what happened. But <laughs> yeah, uh, familiar. But I think it just shows that how increasingly well that Mercy is becoming in the witchcraft that she even now has a familiar too. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Maybe Mercy got a familiar because she's so advanced now. Or she, or that was that was Tidba's familiar that she took. That she took. And maybe that was Mary's probably. anger. And Mary's true. anger was, this is not yours. Now that Tidba's been captured, this mm-hmm. familiar's done. Like, you can't have this. And Mary was obviously mad at Mercy anyways. I don't know. Yeah. But but also the the girls wanting Mercy there at that that circle, just showing even though Mercy wasn't there, they're like I miss Mercy, and just showing like the presence that Mercy has on these girls is also pretty surprising too, because we wouldn't think it a few episodes ago that Mercy would have this control over girls and them wanting her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, absolutely. I wonder how many of those girls she has or will turn to witchcraft herself. Because- yeah, because. I mean, if Mercy becomes as powerful as we think she is and in the path that she's going, she's bound to get other people to convert with her. Yeah. And those girls have gone crazy, literally. Literally. To the point where they're literally worshipping Mercy. I agree. No, I, I completely agree. Anything else on Mary, guys? I don't. Hey, let's He's getting close. Let's do a little news and gossip, Anna. I understand you have some news. I, it's just really just a small thing. So I don't know if um, anybody is like me or Janet Montgomery's mother, but some of you may have been following the wrong person on Twitter. Oh so, yeah. Um, the right uh, Twitter handle for Jan- Twitter handle for Janet Montgomery is uh, at J Monty J R Monty. Excuse me. 
J A Y R Monty M O N T Y. So J A Y R M O N T Y. J R M. Okay. So there you go. Me and um, and Janet Montgomery's mother for sure, <laughs> and perhaps others. And um, and, the, and then just a little shout out to uh, Michael P. Gardner. He helps us so much with information and lets us know what's up. And <laughs> and he was in tonight's episode. Yeah. Quite a bit. We saw him. Yeah, Garden John at the uh, prison. What are you doing, Michael? Let him out. Yeah. Well, Garden John and, then, and going after John for the arrest. Like, what a bad guy. Um, exactly. All right. Hey, predictions time. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Janet Montgomery only has 487 followers on Twitter. I don't believe that. We can, do, we can do better than that. And the fake one has... Thousands. Thousands. Is a fake one still up? Yeah. Oh. That's sad. I mean, well, come on. and she, whoever is running that, said, I'm not the real Janet Montgomery after this came out. So. Oh. It's like, what? Who is? Interesting. Nothing like creating a fake account for a celebrity. I'm sure we've all wanted to do that. Imposter. <laughs> okay, hey, predictions. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Um, okay, I have a few of them. I think John will be let go by increase because, I, I mean, he's obviously a main character. I don't think anything really bad's going to happen to him, but I think, um, yeah, they'll let him go just like he let the drunkard go. You know, I think it'll be pointless. I think they're just trying to get a rise out of us. And the second thing, I, well, my prediction kind of changed because then we started talking about the girls. In the previews, you see increase with that thing that slings hot water, I guess, on someone. And the girl hanging there, I thought was Anne. And now I'm wondering if it's one of Mercy's friends. Interesting. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's... Someone young, but I thought maybe it was Anne, but I was like, wow, is that really going to happen to her? But now, I don't know. I think it could be Mercy's friend, like the blonde one. Interesting. So Increase is going to torture those girls next. He did say he's bringing them in. Mm-hmm. We'll see. How about you, Anna? I kind of touched on it before as a question, but I'll go ahead and say that uh, Anne's soul has already been sold to the devil by, by Magistrate Hale. Interesting. Oh, Okay. And so that would explain yeah. Titiba's soul. Anne didn't sell her own soul. Magistrate Hale did. Titiba didn't sell her own soul. Her father or mother or some owner sold that soul. Interesting. Instead of selling slaves, he sold souls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also Titiba said when she was being tortured, she wept for her mother, but not her father. So that would, I don't know, maybe. So maybe the father. Interesting. That. He just blew my mind. Oh. Mm. I think that Mary's going to help bail John out of uh, jail. And also, I, and I'm going to say it every week until I'm right, that Mary is not going to go through the grand right. Something's going to happen with her and John. Maybe Mary does admit, to maybe in a way to get John out, be admit that she is a witch just to release John because she cares about John that much. Okay, I'll She pig- gives herself up. I'll piggyback my prediction off your prediction and off Jesse's prediction. I think John will be released. I'll agree with you guys. He's not going to get harmed or whatever. And Increase will find out he's not a witch. However, when John is released, that is going to flood emotions into Mary again because we know how Mary feels about John. And we know how Magistrate Hale and the rest of them feel about Mary feeling about John. And I think that once John is released and Mary is kind of a wreck of emotion and sort of loyal to him... Titiba and the rest of them are going to turn on Mary, and they're going to turn her as the scapegoat witch. They're going to have increased capture her, hang her, whatever it is, and the rest of them are going to go through the Grand Rite without Mary. 
And then maybe yeah, John right. will save Mary and they'll run away. And they'll go to New York. And it'll yeah. be and everybody will be even. The witches go through the grand right and John and Mary are in New York. I love it. And season two picks up in New York. <laughs> Salem season two, Manhattan. Manhattan. There you go. <laughs> the housewives industry. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, guys, social links, Twitter and stuff, where can we find you, Jesse? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Jesse Owen, and that's M-I-S-S-J-E-S-S-I-E-O-W-E-N. You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. How's the mayoral, mayoral campaign coming, by the way? Uh, you know, so eternal. <laughs> Just eternal. Just forever. <laughs> One day, you'll see. She's up in the polls, you know. But, okay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMiro, at Instagram at Mr. Bobby DeMiro. Remember, if you are at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever, pick up Maria's new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness, How I Lost 40 Pounds and Kept It Off, and How You Can Too. And if you're listening on iTunes, hit subscribe and give us a rating, because if you don't, Marissa's going to cry, and we don't want to see Marissa cry. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> All right, that's it this week on Salem After Show. We will see you guys another week from today. Only three episodes left, so stick around for that. For these three lovely ladies, I'm Bobby. See you guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After Shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.